Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brennan Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today we're discussing pastors and funerals. Uh, this was a topic that we have received numerous requests over the past few weeks. Many pastors that have recommended this have been uh, overseeing more funerals than they have at any point in their ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even outside of COVID-19 and the pandemic, funeral services are a normal part of the pastor's routine and work. Uh, so, brother, I wanted to just open this discussion up by first asking you if you could just recount the first funeral uh, that you ever led. Uh, what was it like, and, and what lessons did you learn? Well, it's it's been a while, so I, I have to think back a bit, but I, I'm pretty sure, uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that my uh, first funeral was actually uh, the week that I started as pastor uh, oh, wow. in, in Baltimore. Uh, so we had come in, uh, we had moved from Texas up to, up to Baltimore, uh, back into Maryland where I grew up. And uh, we had moved in that, that week before. And my first Sunday there was actually the last Sunday of our interim pastor. And I wanted to be there to, to express my thanks to him and, and for his ministry there in the church and, uh, and, and for us as a church to pray for him as he you know, left and continued on with his ministry and so on. And in the announcements, he had said that there was a lady in the church uh, whose husband had passed away. Well, of course, that was his last Sunday and my first Sunday which meant my first order of, 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 of business as pastor at the church was to lead a funeral. Wow. It was the first thing that I, that I had done officially as, as pastor of the church. Uh, so it was a bit difficult for me because, of course, I just got there. So I don't know anything about, about the uh, gentleman who passed away. Um, I didn't even know his wife's name. Uh, so I, I, mean, I don't know anything. I don't even know where the funeral home is. <laughs> I just wow. I just got there. Uh, so needless to say, it was a lot of catching up for me uh, to, uh, to to get to know them, to get to know uh, where the funeral home was, you know, and, and everything. Uh, but it was a great, great experience uh, for me. One, uh, the, uh, the lady who, who lost her husband wound up being uh, just a dear, dear uh, saint, you know, in the in the church. I mean, she was so kind uh, to our family, and and she never forgot that day, uh, mm. never ever forgot that day. And so it was it was not the way that I wanted to start, but I could definitely tell it was the way that I needed to start. Um, also, it gave me the the perspective that I needed uh, entering into uh, the pastorate. Um, that uh, hey, I'm here for. Uh, for for to shepherd our people through life, um, you know I'm I'm not here to build a brand or or anything like that. It's really hard to build a brand at a funeral, mm-hmm. um, you know. Rather, I'm here to shepherd souls and uh, and to watch over people's lives as they're they're living from birth to you know to the grave. Uh, so yeah, there was there was much that I learned uh, there, much that I learned about caring for uh, for the hurting. Um, um, much that I learned even about keeping quiet, 
mm. and and just letting people grieve. Uh, you know that that uh, yeah, there was much that I learned during during that time. So fast forwarding back to present day, what are what are some of your guidelines that you have as you navigate leading funerals and preaching at funerals? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some young guys that might be listening to this that have never uh, led or preached at a funeral, what 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 is the process of organizing a funeral service? Mm. Well, first and foremost, uh, you want to be there for the ones who are grieving. Um, this is this is about them, you know. It's it's an interesting thing because you're you're um, you're you're there at a funeral and and there are a lot of things that are going on and there are a lot of emotions and and a lot of decisions that need to be made, a lot of decisions that the family is making um, regarding the body, regarding you know uh, you know where where the body will be buried, you know, and just so many different things that they've got to work through, and for many cases no one is really prepared for this no one's prepared financially no one's prepared emotionally you know it's 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 always a shock you know to to us and and there's always you know 10,000 things to think of that we've never really considered before that we've never really thought of before and we never thought we'd be in this situation no matter how long the 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 process of dying was you know whether it was sudden or whether it was a long standing thing an illness or something like that we just don't know so for for you as the pastor you want to be there to support them you want to be there to encourage them um, there are going to be moments where p- folks will just randomly break down and cry. Mm. Let them cry. You know, be there for them. Uh, there are times where folks may be angry. Let them be angry. You know, let let them work through the emotions that they're going through. Uh, you know, so so you're there for them. You're there to comfort them. You're there to encourage them. You're there to be there by their side. And, and fundamentally with all of this, this is an opportunity for you to represent Christ. Mm. And we know from the scriptures that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. We know from the scriptures that the Lord uh, is, is, um, is, is acquainted with grief, <laughs> uh, that the Lord knows about sorrows and he knows about being there for the sorrowful. All right. So you want to be there for that. But you also want to recognize the moment. You have people who are who are uh, in this uh, situation who are face to face with mortality. Mm. All right, yeah. someone that they thought would be here forever, just you know their lives just ended. All right, someone who thought that uh, that you thought was invincible is in reality, you know, I don't know if it's a word, but vincible. <laughs> They're not invincible. Uh, someone you thought was immortal is in fact mortal. Uh, you know, I, I've I've seen this before. You know, with um, you know, with folks that I've I've loved. You know, loved ones over the years, um, whether it be folks in my church, uh, a dear lady. Uh, her name was uh, Miss Catherine, and and she was an older lady, and and she was just always there, always there to encourage me. And then she uh, uh, she wound up contracting cancer. And it was really not that long after I started here at Southeastern that I got the word that she had passed away. And, um, and that hurt, that hurt, you know, uh, because she was, she was so constant, 
<laughs> she was always there. She was always encouraging, even when she was going through the chemo and 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 everything. She wanted to be there at church, you know, because she she wanted to be an encouragement to the uh, to the folks to keep trusting God and uh, keep loving on folks. I mean, she was such an inspiration to us. She's with the Lord now. You know, uh, grandparents are with the Lord now, old friends of mine that are with the Lord now, you know, and as I get older, I'm going to see more and more folks that are that are gone. We're face to face with our own mortality, because as we see their mortality, we, it was a, a, a painful reminder to us that we, too, are mortal. And one day we are going to be the ones there. You as the pastor have the opportunity there to tell uh, uh, the folks uh, that, that you're uh, you're serving and shepherding. That this isn't the end of the story. Mm. It's a painful part of the story. Uh, it, there is a bit of finality to the story, but it's not the end of the story. Mm. Because of Christ Jesus, because of his death and his burial and his resurrection, we have hope that goes beyond the grave. Um, th- that's what you have to have to show them. So show them the heart of Christ. Uh, you know, in, in, in the way that you love on them and the way that you care for them and, and, and walk with them as they go through the process of planning and scheduling and, and, and money and all the things that, that are there that are so stressful. And at the same time, you have the opportunity to show them uh, not just the heart of Christ, but show them the hope of Christ and, uh, and make sure that you're encouraging them all along the way that the risen Christ is indeed alive and he is Lord and he is coming again. Wow, that's a lot to unpack there, but it's it, it was very helpful. Um, you're right, there is an opportunity that presents itself at funerals like none other. You know, mm-hmm. for, for many, uh, funerals bring together family members for the first time in a long time. Um, there have been There are times where funerals bring together uh brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts that haven't spoken to each other because of mm-hmm. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And and now they're in the same room. And not only do you have these people in the same room, but they're in the same room, like you said, contemplating death, yeah, being face to face with death and having to examine themselves. What an opportunity mm-hmm. as a pastor to be able to grieve with them, yeah. but then give them the hope of the gospel. Mm-hmm. What an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how is a funeral sermon different from a sermon you would typically preach on a Sunday morning? What are the differences? Hmm. Well, for starters, uh, I'm probably not going to preach a book like Song of Solomon or something during a funeral. That, that's just not going to happen. Uh, so you, you've got to be a little careful, you know, in terms of what you're going to uh, you're going to preach. Uh, there is a bit of a limiting of, of certain texts and so on just for you know, what is appropriate for the matter, what's appropriate for the for the moment. Um, there's I, if I'm going to be in a funeral, I'm going to uh, I want to address, you know, the the biggest subject on everyone's mind, which is death. Um, I, I have to, <laughs> um, it's unavoidable in that matter. Just like if I were preaching at a wedding, I'm probably going to talk about marriage. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, why would I talk about anything else? You know, uh, this probably isn't the time for me to talk about financial stewardship, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Hey, I mean, that might be helpful. It may be helpful. Yeah, they could use that. Um, but in the moment at a wedding, you know, I should probably focus on marriage. Uh, and the same thing with a funeral. At a funeral, I should probably focus on on the reality of death. Um, there are reasons for that. Uh, one, because, well, we're right here. It's a funeral for starters. Uh, two, there may be folks who are coming in who have never really thought about this. Yeah. They've never thought about this. Uh, you know, so much of our world is built on ignoring death in the first place. Yeah. You know, we, we don't even uh, know who died in our community, for instance, until 11 o'clock at night, you know, with the evening news. I was going to say some of them, it may be the first time they've ever actually even heard a sermon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so, you know, and, and that's an, a, another thing because it gives you an opportunity to to show folks that the Bible is for this life, this reality. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible doesn't avoid the, the subject of death. The Bible doesn't, you know, beat around the bush or anything like that. The Bible is frank and clear about it. The Bible even tells you why it's here. Mm-hmm. And the Bible even tells you where we're heading with it. You know, and 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 so on. So, uh, so it gives you an opportunity to clarify uh, the reality of death and 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 everything that's surrounding it. You know, in terms of our sinfulness uh, and the, the death being the curse. You know, as a result of our sin and and so on. Uh, but also, when if I'm again, I know I've said this before. If I'm going to be preaching at a funeral, I have got to get to the resurrection. I want to talk about the reality of sin. I want to talk about the reality of death. I want to talk about the sting, you know, of death. But I've got to talk about how death has lost its sting in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say it this way: we, we may it may be a bit of a cultural difference uh, that 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 I'm, I may be rubbing up uh, against here, because I know that in some cultures. Funerals are about being as sad as you possibly can be, <laughs> and, and and in some cases it, that that's appropriate. You know, if if, if this was a, a shocking death, uh, obviously if this was a, a death of an unbeliever, you know, someone who doesn't know Christ, we may talk about that in a bit. Um, but I also know of uh, in 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 other cultures, and especially with believers, that a funeral can be a celebration. Mm. You know. Yeah. We're we're grieving over the death because the curse is still present and it and it and it does you know it doesn't sting to the effect of First Corinthians fifteen, um, but it still stings. Yeah. You know it still hurts and 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 there's still tears and and especially as we go on from here, I'll remember something. You know a moment that I had with uh, with my grandfather or a moment that I had with one of my best friends and. And uh, and and it just remind me once again, he's not here. You know, she's not here. My grandma, you know, is not here anymore, you know, Um, uh, you know, and so on. And and it it does hurt. It does sting. But yet there's a celebration. Christ has conquered the grave Mm. and all who are in Christ. uh, We may grieve, but we don't grieve as those who are without hope. 
because we know that the dead in Christ will rise and we will be with him uh, forever. And and this hope is secure. It's as secure as he is, you know, and uh, and, and so, yeah, we have an opportunity to even in our in our uh, sadness and so on, we can also rejoice in knowing that I got to get to the hope of the gospel. Uh, as you said, you know, there's some who are here who've never heard a sermon before. And I take that to mean they probably never heard the gospel before. And so I want to make a good first impression, if you will. You know, I've, I've got to make sure that they hear clearly who Jesus is and what he has done and that this death is not final for those who are in Christ. So it's definitely a lot to cover that you want to cover in a sermon. Mm-hmm. But traditionally, funeral sermons are shorter a little than bit, yeah. a Sunday morning sermon. So what, what time do you usually think, or how much time do you usually think, okay, I have this amount of time to cover these yeah. these many things? Yeah, it it really varies. I'd say for a ballpark, I'd probably stay around the 20 to 30 uh, range. Okay. But, but it depends. If you're at a funeral home, you're on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you just you don't know, uh, uh, you know, when the next group is coming in or, or anything like that. They may have only paid for a certain amount of time uh, uh, there at the funeral home. Uh, and so you don't know what's going on um, or uh, you, you don't know uh, what time range you're dealing with there. So you're going to have to figure that out. Um, if you're at your church building, it may be a little bit different. You may have a little bit more flexibility there. Uh, but then there are other factors, too. Uh, you almost have to kind of play, you know, kind of work on your toes because uh, uh, you may have a time of testimony, for instance, and that time may go forever. And, and, and again, let it. You know, uh, this is an opportunity for people to grieve. This is an opportunity for folks to just kind of process and 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 work it out. You know, that's okay. You know, if it goes long, it goes long. But that probably means that you're going to have to work on your on your message while they're you know while uh, and and cut some things and so on, uh, just so that you are uh, respectful of folks' time. Um, this is not the time for your forty-five minute to an hour exposition. You know of of. Uh, you know, whatever passage you're, you know, you've been working on for months and things like that. It's not the time for that. Yeah. Uh, it's a time for you to be a shepherd and uh, to care for, you know, to care for the hurting and, and point them to Christ. So, yeah, be brief, be succinct, um, be clear. Uh, if you do have a group of folks there, uh, and, and as you would assume, that don't know Christ, then this probably isn't the time for you to flex your exegetical muscles. Um, it, it, you know, uh, it, it's time for you just to be clear and show them what the what the scriptures say. Show them yeah. the hope that we have in Christ, and uh, and for those who are there and don't believe in Christ, this is an opportunity for you to call them uh, to turn from their sin and turn to the Savior. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there 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 are a lot of things you got to think of. Um, it's probably not going to sound like a typical Sunday morning message, yeah. uh, just because of the difference of the situation and the and the uh, in some cases the difference in context. Uh, but you want to make sure that you're uh, that you're getting to Christ. You're showing them from the scriptures that Jesus is the hope uh, that we have of res- of uh, resurrection. Yeah, preaching at a funeral is in every sense of the word pastoral preaching. Yes, it is from start to finish. Start to finish. So when you preach during a funeral service, is the message different per person, or do you have a general mm. formula? Mm. Um, I do have different approaches uh does that depend on the kind of funeral you're dealing with where yeah for somebody who dies of old age 
mm-hmm. compared to maybe an infant or someone who dies by suicide as opposed to cancer? Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that kind of differentiate mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, difference in situation, difference uh, for me in relationship. Uh, for instance, the, the gentleman that I, I talked about at the beginning, um, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, and, and, you know, all that I knew about him was all that his, uh, his wife shared with me that week. Uh, so I'm, I'm working, I'm going in almost completely blind, you know, on this. And so that message is going to be much more generic, if you will, uh, than if it was someone that I had pastored for years, uh, which, which, you know, later in my ministry, uh, that was the case, you know, where I had folks that I had, I had known for years and I could, I could share personal experiences, personal stories and, and, and things like that, uh, in there. Um, if there's someone who, uh, so that's one factor, you know, how, how well do I know the person? That's one factor. Another factor would be, uh, their, their, um, um, you know, state before Christ. Are they a believer? Or are they not a believer? Um, I've had funerals with unbelievers. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest. It's, it's some of the most heartbreaking experiences that I've ever had because uh, you could feel the coldness in the air, you know, uh, and, and it's a little difficult for you as you're saying, you know, as you go, what do I say? I don't want to give a false assurance that this person had come to faith. Uh, if it's pretty evident from the you know, stories that I've heard that this person more than likely did not so come you to wouldn't. faith preach that person in heaven or hell necessarily uh in a at any funeral not not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. specifically to the to the unbeliever yeah. yeah 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 if i if if i have any indication that this person is not a believer then you know i'm not going to bring the conversation to whether that person believed or didn't believe i i, I for me personally i bypass that conversation and just go directly to the people that are there okay. and call them uh to come to faith in christ jesus uh so um uh i i for me i i avoid that conversation because i don't want to get lost in any type of speculation over whether that person was a believer or yeah. wasn't a believer or anything like that and certainly if that person wasn't a believer it it just doesn't seem like now's the time to be talking about where they are yeah. you know uh because uh, in reality but, that person's not here right you're, you're speaking to people who are physically exactly present. exactly i want to use that opportunity to talk to the ones who are present to call them to faith in christ jesus and things like that so how well do i know the person uh you know what what was that person you know did that person show any type of evidence of faith with in christ or 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 not you know that's a factor in there as well uh that'll affect um uh, you know affect things um and uh, and then you know it also a factor is you know who's present. So if I recognize a lot of faces you know from church, uh, then the conversation is going to be different than if I notice a lot of faces that aren't from church. Uh, if I if I recognize that there are folks who are either uh, not church you know not believers you know and and not members of our church or not or you know maybe even hearing in conversation it doesn't sound like they're members of a church or they're not walking with the Lord then I may you know reiterate and, and probably lean a lot more on uh, uh, making sure that the gospel message is is clear so instead of applying the gospel to those who know the gospel and talk about our hope that we have in Christ Jesus, 
uh, in other words, instead of talking among family, you know, if you will, uh, then I, I'm probably going to lean more on talking to folks as if as if they don't know Christ, and uh, and and really trying to uh, to emphasize that they must uh, be born again. They must come to faith in the Lord Jesus and be saved. So yeah, all of those things are factors that I'm uh, information that I'm trying to gather, whether it be through the week or even there at the at at the funeral, uh, because all of those things will will have an effect on how I I, I preach the message. So you indicated there is a difference mm-hmm. when you preach a sermon with a believer as opposed to an unbeliever. Yeah. What is that difference? Mm-hmm. And what is the general tone you use for if someone is an unbeliever mm-hmm. and you're preaching their funeral? Yeah. Um, well, before we talked about celebration, um, if there's a person who who is a believer in Christ, um even in the sorrow, there's joy. You know, the joy of, of knowing that this person may be, while absent from their body, they're present with the Lord. You know, the joy of knowing that this person uh, uh, has not died in vain, but in fact, they will rise again in the last day, and they will be with the Lord. And the body that was uh, riddled with uh, death from whatever, it could have been cancer, it could have been you know, a gunshot. It could have been uh, uh, a car accident. It could have been a drowning. It could have been, you know, all these different things. But that body that we're about to bury is a body that Jesus on the last day is going to raise from the dead. And when it rises, it will rise incorruptible. You know, that is the hope that we have, that that this is not the end of the story, but rather the the dead, you know, the dead body, our souls go to be with the Lord. This dead body is going to experience final redemption and it will be glorified. And that day is 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 uh, is just as certain as the day of their death. And so there's a celebration with that. It's it's hard. It's painful. We weep and we and we grieve. And yet we rejoice because we know that the end is coming. The end is not yet here. With an, with an unbeliever, there's none of that. There's none of that. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a sobriety. Uh, there's a sobriety in both ways. Because if there's someone that's there that's not a believer, I want them to have this joy. Yeah. You know, I want them to have this hope. And so I'm, I'm pleading either way. But it seems like there's a, an extra layer of gravity when someone is not a believer because we have in some way or another just witnessed a person entering into an eternity separated from God. And that weight, I've, I've, I've felt that before, that weight is overwhelming that for me, there's a pleading, just an extra, it's a different, it's, it, think of it like almost like music. It's, it's pleading in a different key, mm-hmm. you know. Um, maybe in one there's a pleading in, in, a, in a major, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of pleading in major chords, you know, when someone's a believer. And, and when someone is not a believer, it's a pleading in minor chords. You know, that, that I'm just, I'm urging them, please turn from your sin and turn to Christ. Uh, don't leave this earth uh, without being reconciled to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and so, yeah, uh, it, I mentioned before the kind of the coldness of, uh, you know, in the air. You, 
I, I just don't know how to explain it. I've, I've felt that before. Yeah. You know, uh, just when you know that that there's a sense of despair, mm. you know, uh, that, that that's just, it's palpable. Uh, as opposed to, say, when someone has come to faith in Christ and you, you just sense the joy, you know, even again, even in the sorrow, you sense the joy and the hope of knowing that Christ uh, will redeem. It's, yeah, uh, these are the kinds of things, as I said at the beginning, you know, how in the world could we be so committed to building brands and celebrity and all of that when you are face-to-face with the reality of death and face-to-face with the need, the, the deep, deep need that we have for Christ to be our Savior because he's our only hope. I mean, how do you look at that and then turn around and say, but I'm, but I'm going to be about my platform? Uh, God forbid that we do that. We've, we have to take this seriously. This is literally life or death uh, that we're dealing with as shepherds. That's very helpful, brother. Thank you for sharing that. For I mean, and for so many pastors, this is the starting point of ministering and counseling the family through hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, hurts related to the death of that individual and even hurts outside of that. You know, I remember uh, when my father, when I was 16, he took his life. Mm. And I just remember the pastor being there. Mm-hmm. I found out when I was at work, and the pastor drove straight to the my place of work. Mm. And I remember he didn't say a single word to me. He just came up to me and he put his arms around me mm. and let me weep. Mm. And he wept with me. That's a shepherd. And that's what we need more of. Yeah. You don't have to have all of the words. Yeah. Your presence alone mm-hmm. is words of comfort for a hurting family. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, I do want to quickly uh, plug in a very helpful article. We've we've gotten a few requests on how to preach a suicide funeral, and I, I want to recommend an article that was recently written on preaching a suicide funeral for those wanting to learn more about it, uh, about how to shepherd uh, the families of someone who has taken their life, and also to what to preach or, or say to that family. Um, the article is written by Neil Thornton and is very, very helpful in navigating uh, what to say and what not to say and how to take care of the family. So I just want to recommend that for those that are looking specifically at how to preach uh, a suicide funeral. Uh, well, that'll do it for this week. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, we would just want to uh, ask if you would consider leaving a, a review. Uh, we'd appreciate uh, all or any of your feedback. It is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we have done that today with our conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.